The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too And welcome to my brother, my brother, and me, an advice show for the modern era, as if we never left. It's your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. It's your middlest brother and responsible homeowner, Travis McElroy. It's your sweet baby brother and 30 under 30 media luminary, Griffin McElroy. And I do just need to point out that we did leave for like a month. We left for the a longest grip. We, we, have have gone. we didn't leave. It's the longest we've gone without recording on My Brother, My Brother and Me since April 2010 when the show launched, I believe. And there were a lot, there are a lot of reasons for that. Travis is now a proud homeowner and I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that. I had diarrhea for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Griffin was a proud diarrhea owner. <laughs> I died on the Oregon Trail and uh. <laughs> Justin's just been kind of, Justin's just been exploring his, you know, body. Um, I... <laughs> Just, what? I, I finally got my middle school body, and I'm exploring all the different hair that I have now. I, I, uh, just so everybody knows, our as we're doing more live shows and stuff, our plan will not be the the situation going forward will not be that we'll just dump them all no. at once. We did no. hope to keep some of those in the coffers. Just life. It was literally and a bad situation for just a bad a month. situation. So we're here. We're here with you now. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, tell some exciting news the, this past weekend at the Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia's uh, Clay Center for the Performing Arts. I saw uh, PJ Masks live uh, stage show. Uh, is PJ Masks live in concert? Is PJ Masks one person? Good question. I okay. don't know who. I don't know anything about what you're saying. PJ Masks is a superhero team. This is a show on uh, Disney Junior. P- PJ Masks is a superhero team of three kids: uh, Catboy, there's mm. Gecko, mm. and there's Owlette. And they are regular <sighs> kids who, in the nighttime, transform into superheroes via their magical pajamas. Okay, so this teaches kids like don't go to sleep. Party all night, you get superpowers. Go out and fight crime. Don't worry about going to sleep, little baby. Get right. on out there. They, now, Justin, the uh, I this is uh, it's all new to me. This is a very important question I have. These kids, when they fight crime, is the crime like we lost the basketball? Where is it? Or is it like somebody's been kidnapped and, and we gotta go beat and, up some bad guys and follow-up question do they have a sort of self-imposed batman-esque moral code where they do not kill the bad guys Good they only punch and beat them up very badly but they never they the pj mask kids never kill how many t- how many people do they hang off the sides of buildings important is- question all so pj masks you you two have hit upon i think the most interesting parts of bringing PJ Masks live 
to to the stage. Um, they do kill. They, they do kill. <laughs> they don't actually usually do anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> the VJMAS have superheroes, but of course there's never any punching, right? When you bring this, this is a show where the episodes, of course, are like, like any kid's show, they're like, uh, you know, 11 40, minutes long. 45 seconds long, yeah. Yeah, it's like 11 minutes long. This fucking show, <laughs> this fucking show kicked off at uh 3 p.m. and they can't do any they can't do all, anything they can't do anything they can't they fight have, they have their costumes have it's like 20 somethings playing the kids but their costumes have these large misshapen heads to replicate the experience of being a them being kids i guess to give them that kid look and they can't do any, like there's no pyrotechnics, there's no flying, obviously. So Alette just sort of like runs around with her wings, and the uh, like literally half the things in this show were her flapping her wings so hard that she blew bad people off the stage. Gecko, who has super strength, <laughs> as near as I could tell, only uses super strength to strike things from the stage that no longer needed to be <laughs> in the action. So it was Gecko wearing like, a, a black turtleneck and black slacks, and yeah. was he maybe just the, Ge- the stage manager? And he Ge- took locked the brakes and he came back smelling like cigarettes. Gecko, there's a, there's another one with the sticky splats, and he would pick it up and he would throw it stage right <laughs> just to keep mm-hmm. the show. We just have to keep the action moving. And well, the, he couldn't do more than that. He's union. <laughs> the three villains. St- like claimed a playground for their own. And the PJ Master were like not down with that. And then the the villains decided that they should team up for once. Thank you for finally realizing that. And their first order of business was to steal the PJ Mask headquarters, which seems like a pretty big ass for your it's first a good job. crime. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, it's a really good crime. Anyway, they can't attack each other. Literally they can't. And they there's no like things moving on the stage. Uh, because it's a pretty simple touring production. So it's literally just kids like running around and flapping wings and then throwing things off the stage. It got to be 350 and there was a a magnificent battle, by which I mean Catboy ran around in circles and Mm -hmm. Alette flapped her wings at people and Gecko struck the stage. Climactic battle between the three and then the lights went down and a voice said, all right, kids, we're going to take a 20-minute intermission and then we'll be back. Are you... Fu- the kids How could there be more? Were fucking. They were tearing chairs in half. They were ripping nameplates off. I'm sorry, Mister uh, Do- Dr. Robert Lingen, who bought this chair, gave his life his- for this theater. Th- it, a, be- tear- a beam fell on him. We love him. A kid is just eating the carpet. They run out. They ru- go out. It. This motherfucker was literally an hour and 45 minutes long. This show barely maintains its narrative momentum for 11 minutes, and you're going to stretch this shit over an hour and 45 minutes long. The last... How <laughs> how many how many parents do you think, Justin, like the, the kids went out into the lobby and the kids were like, what's going on? And the parents were like, that's the end. Intermission's of Intermission means word end. For, it's, it's done. It's I Latin say, for go on home, Jeremy. I will say at least one third of this podcast tried it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Oh, we're done, sweetie. And here's... And get this. Because it's like a fancy schmancy place, you can't bring drinks or snacks in the theater. So... What you had was kids had been bought sodas, were told they couldn't bring them into the theater, and then just stood outside before act two, just pounding soda and sugar, and then putting them back in for act two. By the end of this show, 
the the mass exodus and hysteria was as if the PJ Masks had started suddenly started doing like deeply racist material, yeah. just like shouting at people, <laughs> people walking out, kids just like. There, uh, one kid had a conch shell and another kid killed him for it. It was fucking <laughs> pandemonium. The idea and it, uh, the, what kills me is like, who did you make this two hours for? Yeah. Who was your target in making this a two hour long production? Because it certainly wasn't the parents. I could have showed up and just taken a picture with the PJ Masks and feel like I had done my duty. It wasn't the kids. They want this shit to be 15 minutes long, and that's barely. Like, that's that's hanging by a thread, and you're going to make it two it's hours for, long. It's for the performers, Justin, so they can really stretch their chops. Yeah, really who is Catboy? It may be the only time they let him off the bus, so maybe it's like a humanitarian thing. <laughs> like, we do have to give them two hours. You watch, you watch them walk off the stage. They do the curtain call. They do a bow, and then you, as they're walking off the stage, you can actually see them putting the shackles back around. Their, their neck As the sheepdogs start hurting, yep, yep, back on the bus, yep, back on the bus, yep. Anyway, PJ Masks were pretty good. This is, as you've almost certainly guessed by now, this is an advice show uh, where we take your questions and turn them alchemy-like into wisdom. Again, really sorry about the absence. Um, it's not going to be a recurring thing. It's just been a rough... I hear Remember. it makes the heart grow fonder. Indeed. So, and it makes the download counts to go down, much down. very down, yeah. very, very down. So please download the show a bunch of times. Tell your friends. <laughs> I recently attended a symposium at a large opera house in Denver. As the lights dimmed and the PJ Masks began to take the stage <laughs> at that time, I heard an odd scrubbing sound on my left and turned uh, turn to see the person next to me was brushing her teeth. She was using a full-size toothbrush with no toothpaste that I could see, and she was brushing very actively. Well, you got to. And making a lot of noise. After a few minutes, she threw her toothbrush loose into her purse, turned to me and said, I really thought I was late to this, but I guess I was just on time. That's I was that. speechless, and I just <sighs> stared at her. What would have been the appropriate response to this heinous, opera crime this is this is there is there an appropriate time for you to brush your teeth at an opera house I, if you got if you had gotten there early it, does that justify it certainly being on time or late neither of those is acceptable toothbrushing like oh oh sorry excuse me excuse me Whew, what did i miss no 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 it's it's not a time thing it's a place thing because you can't brush your teeth at the opera or outside of your house bathroom only. I, I would also, I would posit that while all of this is very upsetting, I'm in some ways very glad she was brushing very actively because I think it would be way stranger if she was brushing very lackadaisically. Yeah, sure. Very no, get, lazily brushing, just shh. Yeah. Gingivitis Ging ain't nothing to fuck with, and I get that. And if you're going to go to town, if you're going to brush your teeth in public, you may as well get the job done. If you're going to go to town, you may as well go in a Lincoln. I get it. But I don't get it because you're outside your house bathroom, and that's where the toothbrush lives. I think ha toothbrushes should have those little electric dog collars on them, but facing outwards, or if you do try to leave your house bathroom for it. I see people in the bathroom at the airport brushing their teeth, and it's like, you couldn't. Wait, uh, maybe the big job interview, maybe? Okay. Those might be Midnight Riders, though, Griffin. Those people yeah. might- You like, a red they, eye. That can feel pretty humanizing. They've only touched ground twice in a month. You, you should have I mean? to get a permit from, I had to do the TSA pre-check, and 
And uh, I think there should also be a TSA like toothbrush. Okay, outside airport, go for a free hall pass. It's a cloak, right? It's definitely a cloak. You caught me. It's a buck wild cloak, but it's a cloak all the same. I you caught me brushing my teeth in this room, and I that's how late I was. <laughs> that's what a rush I was in that I couldn't brush my teeth at home, so I had to brush. You're them. suggesting oh. they always carry a toothbrush, so that if they're late for a thing, they run into the big meeting like, shh, shh, shh. sorry guys, it's one of those mornings, a fucking kid No, my I'm car in no way and... suggesting what you're saying. I'm <laughs> suggesting that it's- That's a no, good strat. You've that's done a, it again. That's a pro strat. I'm very into that. Uh, bring uh, Mr. Matthews, you're late for first period again. Shh, 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 I know, man, fucking- uh, the little one stole my car again, and my backpack died. <laughs> I think this is what I, okay, because I think this falls in the same category. You remember in cartoons and TV shows to signify someone was late, they had like an electric razor in the car? Yeah. Has anyone ever fucking really done that? Probably. If I was driving and I looked over and saw somebody in the car to my left, Shaving their, f I would park by the side of the road and wait half an hour to make sure that um, person yeah. was gone. <laughs> Citizens arrest. Absolutely. I do. Ha I I do have to pause it. There is a possibility. I think, and 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 hopefully this will will, will help guide you. There's a possibility. I think that the the this person maybe we don't know their journey, but yeah. perhaps they uh are are living with obsessive compulsive disorder. In which case, excessive grooming, as I understand, can be a component of that. Sure. Uh, and in which case, I would say, maybe just let people have their fucking journey. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, when you see people who are doing things a little bit out of the norm, maybe just what you got to start thinking respect is Respect like, the journey. Respect that journey. 2018, just, 2018 I, respect the journey. Okay. I can get behind that. I do want to say, though, the one element of this, though, to go against that was just throwing the toothbrush loose in the purse. Yeah, that's probably, you would think, I don't know. If this person did this on a regular basis, they would have like a special thing that they a travel, travel a travel a, case would make a sense. holster. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah oh, like a bandolier, like John Popper has of harmonicas but with two brushes. Just this that is awesome. I'm not trying to project obsessive compulsive disorder onto this person. What I'm saying is like, if if you listening at home, if that's your fucking journey, own your journey. Respect, Respect the, the journey. Journey. Damn, that's good. Um, how about a Yahoo? Okay. This Yahoo is sent in by the delivery man, Seth Carlson. Thank you, Seth. It's Yahoo Answers user Anonymous. We're going to call him Marcus asks, is it awkward for actors and actresses to do kissing scenes? Oh, mm. the kissing scene, though. Oh. Billy, you know? Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, last day of shooting. You had me at hello, happy New Year's, get over here. And then they put their faces close, and Billy kind of grimaces, and Meg looks a little, she starts sweating, and the director's like, stop, you had you did such a good job delivering the lines, but where's the smooch? Real quick side journey, can I tell you why When Harry Met Sally is a fucked up movie? Okay. I mean, I guess so, as long as it doesn't derail the great momentum I was building there. No, we'll come right back to your momentum. Pin, pin momentum. Not, I, 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 not, I how, momentum not how momentum works. Pin, <laughs> momen, momentum pinned. In When Harry Met Sally, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Harry posits that men and women can't be friends without wanting to sleep together. And then Harry and Sally become friends, and then they sleep together and enter a romantic relationship. Uh, incorrect, because their friendship takes on new levels and depth 
and Spice over time at when they are no longer lovers. Their friendship persists despite the fact that they are no longer lovers. And that is what is so beautiful about the story of When Harry Met Sally. You mm. missed the whole point. You but, then they end up in a, but then they end up in a romantic relationship, Justin. No, no, Travis, I'm sorry, you burnt. Moving on to the next Rob Reiner film, North. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, so, okay. So mis- mistakes were made. So <laughs> <laughs> they probably lean in Billy and Meg, and it's just like mm-hmm. I, uh, it's it was always you, kid. And you lean in, and then they just start laughing because it's funny. This is a stranger. I've worked along uh, Billy for you know a few months now. While we've made this this romantic film. Wait, you Griffin? Yeah, I've worked. I mean, we did some work together, and we did have that one very passionate kiss in City Slickers one. And it, we, we, I just leaned into Billy, lips a puckered, and I was ready because I keep it professional. I was, just, I, I wanted to get the job done, go back to my, go back to my trailer. Um, and I just leaned in, and me and Billy just started just corpsing right there. Couldn't stop cackling. Because it's funny. I don't know you, but we have to kiss? What a weird job this is. You know what I bet is also weird when it happens in the smooching scenes? Like, you've been doing the scene, right? And it's like, oh, it's so dramatic. Oh, the passion, I can feel it. And then they go into kiss, and it's just like, Meh. You know what I mean? Like they just definitely kiss there's got to be other. actors who's bad kisses, who's bad kissing, right? and it's just like you're and you're the director, right? And maybe you're also like, well, you're not tour, so you're the director, maybe director of photography too. You did it all, you wrote the script, and you're watching it, and like you're like, yes, yes, this is it. And then they just kind of like do that thing where it's like they just kind of catch the corner of each other's mouths, and maybe their noses bump, and you're like, oh, now what you don't realize, a lot of these movies these days. They do. They just get Andy Circus in there. So, for instance, um, Ashton Kutcher doesn't know. Never learned how to kiss. Uh, yeah. Never, 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 never really did it. And so, in '70s show and in um, Fuck Buddies and uh, his great show, The Ranch, that everybody loves on Netflix. Anytime he has to do a kiss scene, a Two and a Half Men, the later the college years, um, they just a- Andy Circus. They would you know call cut one frame it would you would look over and be like did he get a little bit shorter and also did a complete digital recreation of a a plus k well I, and now they have the technology that they can have andy circus kiss andy circus and, and, and he's, he's covered, good at he's good at it he's good at kissing himself and a lot of people don't know this but the racist pistachio commercial that was andy that was that was andy doing ashton so I, it's time to forgive i think it was andy doing ashton i think there is very little more pleasurable to me than the idea of ashton's about to kiss his leading lady and then cut so Ashton can go put on his crazy black lycra suit with the white balls all over it, just to yeah. make sure we get the capture exactly right for the body. And then Andy Circus is looking over his shoulder with a smaller black lycra on his face that mm-hmm. is mapped, and he's sort of modeling the actions. So it's Ashton's body being captured, but Andy Circus's face handling the actual smooch. And he just, he parts his lips the scientifically perfect number yeah. of millimeter. Like, Good. it is mouth Good. moisture, perfect moisture in Andy Circus's perfect and CGI the nice mouth. the about it is that it leaves Ashton's face available so that he can tweet with his nose. Uh-huh. He has his assistant reach up and lets him peck out a couple of good ones mm. uh, uh, on there. 
And they just put the iPad right in front of the person's face too. So it really, you know what? Here's the thing. If you're on set, you look at it and you're like, I don't see how this would ever come together. And really who this comes down to, it's those techs. You know, and this is why I'm saying we have to keep the technical pay the uh, Oscars going. We Gotta. have to keep them going. Respect the techs. Respect the journey. I think that Andy Serkis will, is, basically has been tronned at this point. I think he has been transcendenced at this point. And I think mm-hmm. he is entirely a digital construct at this point. Discuss. You, yes. Um, do you think that the greatest technical achievement in the 2018 Oscars will be if they can recreate the Wild Things three-way kiss all in all Andy Serkis? All Andy Justin, how about another question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, I got a new job. Just a full remake of The Notebook with him playing both roles. (laughs) If you're a bird, I'm a bird. I'm Andy Serkis. (laughs) He's playing young and old both sets. Let's die at the same time. I'm Andy Serkis. (laughs) His Benjamin Button was really good because it's like, this is the easiest gig I've ever had. Do it around me. In some ways, it's actually kind of sad because Andy Serkis has single-handedly put out of work every actor in mm, the world. Yeah, it's just him. Because he has lawnmower manned himself throughout all of... Lawnmower man is a great example I should have used earlier. Justin, how about another question? Here's looking at you, Andy. Mm-hmm, Thank you, it. Andy. Very kind. And the Oscar for Best Actor goes to me again. Thank you, you me. You're welcome, Andy. I'd like to thank all me. Do you remember when Gollum presented an Oscar at the Oscars? Oh, shit. shit that actually dude. did. Life beat us to that joke. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How are we all not always talking about the fact that Gollum presented at the Oscars? How is that not our everyday? Somebody watched the Kids' Choice Awards and saw Bart Simpson give one out and said, I'd like to do that for the highest yeah. acting honor in the land. Oh, Has boy. Shrek and Donkey presented it? The- I Shrek like and Donkey have definitely done that. Shrek, Shrek at the Vibe Awards was was a kind of a landmark, <laughs> <laughs> landmark moment. Um, so all I, right. got, I got a I got a new job in Andy Circus. I'm keeping all the Cable Ace Awards this year. <laughs> so, I've got a new job, and it's been an excellent transition so far. The pay is better. It's a 20-minute commute, and my favorite restaurant is down the street. There's just this one little thing. My new boss is a really nice, fun guy who I mostly get along with, except it came up in conversation that I had been mugged, and he thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Oh, my God. So he keeps popping out at me and shouting, Ah, don't get jacked. And running up behind me, telling me to stick him up and give me the goods. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's alarming, to say the least. What should I do, boyos? That's from just a cool kid employed dangerously. Man, that ain't good. That's, that's that good. sucks in a major way. Because that, that shit will fuck you up, man. Like, that's no good. That's a really bad. That's a. That is a. I mean, it sounds like you enjoy it. I get. Oh, it says alarming. I thought it said amazing. Okay, so it's alarming to say the least. Yeah, it's not good. It's a bad behavior. I think the good solution for this is next time he tries it, 
throw him your wallet and piss your pants. I thought you were going to say what I was going to say when you said throw, because I was going to say, like, throw him, like, judo throw him. Like, I'm yeah, so sorry, a- I've trained myself as a human weapon. Yeah, it- this can never happen again. Or just, but I, I actually like Justin's better. Or just throw him into a garbage can where it sounds like maybe he belongs, which is right but there in the But he's a garbage. nice, fun guy, Griffin. My impulse is to tell people something we've been kind of on I think since about 350 or so, which is like, just fucking tell him, yeah. don't do that. But when I realized that, when I realized you'd be telling your boss like, hey, don't mug me, which you shouldn't have to tell you people should not to <laughs> mug you. Can you pay your dad to dress up as Batman and hide in the ceiling tiles? Because mm-hmm. I think just one time of him pulling this and then your dad falls through the ceiling with like that triumphant uh, Tim Burton music behind him and just mm. like takes your boss out. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that so- would be. Sorry, but false, it false alarm. Sorry, but you it's hard to discern. My computer algorithm doesn't catch sarcastic <laughs> mugging. What were I've you been sensing a lot because, of muggings in this area as of late. Because who does that? Who does sarcastic mugging, you fucking jag? I'm Batman. <laughs> I cuss now. Now get back to collating or whatever. Bye. I've never worked a real job. <laughs> Could you actually bring a smoke bomb with you? Could you actually bring a smoke bomb with you? So your boss goes to mug you and you're like, oh yeah, let me just grab this out of my, Pff, done, gone. Where is he? He's not working today. That's for sure. And why? Because you tried to mug him. So good luck explaining that to the higher ups. Why, why Dylan isn't at work today? Because I tried to mug him. Or talk to HR. That's an, That should be another go-to piece of advice that we start incorporating, which is there's a fucking, there's a person you talk to about complicated social stuff like okay, this. Okay, okay, yes, Griffin, but like, that is... <laughs> Uh, okay, that implies that there's a way to handle this anonymously. So he, you to go to HR, you talk, <laughs> and then they send out they send out a company wide email. Um, we've had some issue with fake mugging in the <laughs> office. So if, if you know anybody that has done fake mugging on Dylan, no or any other Dylan examples. Around, we we've just heard there's been a bit of a trend. Yeah, it's kind of caught on lately. You may have been reading some headlines recently about <laughs> fake muggings in the office. Just want to let you know this behavior it will not be tolerated as against our corporate spirit. Should we go to the money zone? I forget how to get there, Griffin. Show me the way. It's just yeah. the second. Okay, well, well, we'll do your thing. I, I was going to do like a song. second star on the right no, and fly straight to me. Keep going. It's, All my right. favorite, it's one of my favorite stick songs. Show me the way. Bum, bum. Show me the Oh, you know what? You know why I know that song by heart is because one time at Christian camp we had to choreograph a song to it about Jesus. Oh, oh really? Oh yeah. Oh really? It was a pantomime to that sticks show me the way, except there was a Jesus and they There I, was a Jesus. <laughs> and I, and they seemed very proud of themselves for using <laughs> secular music. Like uh, you know, like you kids like sticks. Except oh, was track- this like the guy who did the Weird Al-style parody of Walking in Memphis, but Walking with Jesus? Walking with Jesus. I don't think Weird Al works <laughs> with that particular palette. I don't think that's a color that he paints with. Did we already talk about Walking Walking with Jesus? Definitely it, no. It had the worst, the worst perversion, like the worst parody perversion of a line I've ever heard in my entire life. I guess parody is not technically accurate, but anyway, repurposed secular music for Christianity's purposes this cat put in this lyric she said 
Son, are you a Christian child? And I said, ma'am, I am for life. Can you not? Can you not ruin one of the best fucking lines in any song with that? Like, that's, please. So here Um, come those commercials. My Brother, My Brother Me is sponsored in part by Casper, which is an online retailer of premium, obsessively engineered mattresses for a fraction of the price. We have a Casper in our home. Travis, do you sleep on a Casper? I do. I actually have two. I got a Casper in the guest room and a Casper in my bedroom. Casper has a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on one for 100 days. Uh, and uh, if you don't like it, there's painless returns, but you're gonna like it. And uh, Casper mattresses feature supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. And they're already really affordable, but, but, but they get even more affordable if you're a listener of ours. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash mybrother and use the promo code mybrother, that's all one word, at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I want to tell you all about Wink. That's W-I-N-C. They are a, 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 a retailer of good, good wine, um, which I enjoy that that beverage of, of wine, which is French for the old grapes. But I don't know anything about wine. I can barely tell a red from a white. I can't tell a Chiraz from a Chardonnay. But I know that if I go to trywink.com, it's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com, and I answer a few questions about what I find tasty, their recommendation engine will pick distinct and interesting wines customized to my taste to be shipped directly to my door every month. And I used the the my pronoun there a lot, but it'll work for you the same way too. A recommendation engine, by the way, is powered by Andy Serkis, who is inside yeah. of all of our machines. So that's very exciting. Uh, do you like earthen flavor notes? Why did we decide that he sounds like that? I don't know. Um, Wink will even introduce you to new, rare, and custom wines that are not available anywhere else. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of bottles of, of Wink wine, and it's just like, it's nice having wine around the house for when people come over, or I cook a fancy dinner or something, uh, and they've they've all been really tasty. There's no membership fees. You can skip any month you want and cancel any time, and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee, so you never pay for a bottle you don't like. And right now, Wink is offering listeners $20 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash brother. That's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com slash my brother to get $20 off your first order now. Trywink.com slash my brother. Uh, I have a personal message here for Allison. It's from Daniel. And it says, Happy 24th birthday, honeybee. I sure hope you still listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard they did like a month of live shows. That must have been harrowing. I don't blame you for bouncing. Uh, being apart has been tough, but listening to these soft, sweet boys has helped shorten the distance between us. I know we'll always be on the same wavelength. All my love, fluff butt. Now, it is oh. worth noting that, uh, October 8th. Okay, that's not that far. Oh, my God. I read October 8th, and I, th- I thought, man, that's like six or seven months away. Hachi machi. No, nah, that's next. That's the next week. That's next week. Uh, I got a message for Daniel from Hannah. Well, wait, do you think it's the same Daniel? Hold on. Hold on. Okay, Daniel. All right. My sweet's probably not. My sweet soft boy, I cannot wait to marry you. 
or I'm so glad to be married to you if this airs after October 22nd. It didn't. We crushed it. Hannah, cheers to our years together uh, so far and the bright future ahead. All my love, Hannah. And that's from Hannah for for Daniel. So I'm glad that you all, hope you all had a happy ceremony. I'm glad you found each other. Hold tight. Uh, a lot of lucky, a lot of lucky Daniels out there. A lucky mm, Daniels today. Or, we got a lot of love, or maybe one Daniel, or maybe one lucky, but not faithful one, Daniel. Yeah, so let's not yeah. maybe suggest that, Travis. One okay. fortunate yet problematic Daniel, or <laughs> two just regular Daniels. Um, I think it's a two regular Daniels situation, and also there's lots of lucky Daniels out there. Daniel Stern is having sort of a renaissance, a career revival, which I'm very excited about. He's he Chris- Yeah, man, he was in Christmas Story 2 about 10 years ago. <laughs> um, I actually have a third Jumbotron here, and it's from Travis to Teresa, and it says, happy fourth wedding anniversary. I love you very much. Love your husband, Travis. Now, did you, now I do want to say, because I think this was just like a cute thing that you just did, but I do need that $100. I actually, I did pay for it because I don't want to take food out of my own mouth. Good, ever. Good, good. I love putting food in my mouth. Why would I take it out? How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right, dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah, I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat rocks. I bet if that cat ever tries to stand still in Memphis, it's fucking miserable for him. Oh, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Cannot get into a line. Cannot wait fucking. for a bus. Or, I mean, it's probably equally bad if he is walking in Memphis because just everyone down the street, like, I got him. I there see he him. goes. Got you, motherfucker. <laughs> like the that- song, douchebag. <laughs> This is, of course, from one of our Elseworlds alternative universe fictions where anybody knows what Mark Cohn looks like, but still. He probably can't even go to Memphis, huh? It's probably just over for him. It's probably done. No way. No way he can't. No. No way. Um, I got a Yahoo here. It was sent in. Oh, I don't know who sent it in. Uh, Hold on. I hate this fucking website so much. It was sent in by the delivery man, Seth Carlson. God, he's fucking owning this shit right now. Thank you, Seth. It's another Yahoo Answers user who didn't choose username, so we'll call him Mark Cohn. Asks, how does one end a Griffin's occupation of a castle? Wait, what? And then there's a picture of like a, you know, the lion bird Griffin. Not you. Well, I mean, I think I could occupy a castle. did you pick this for yourself? I think I could occupy a castle pretty good to the extent where you two couldn't get up in my castle because I have all kinds of traps and gates and, you know, walls and armaments and, you know, pots of hot fluid and catapults and trebuchets. You ever think about moats and how gross they must have been? Because that's just like fucking stink water. It's water. Probably Mosquito City, which is another sort of defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. We got DEET in here. You don't got DEET out there. But wouldn't you be lonely, Griffin? I don't care about that. I got the safest castle in the whole land. Wouldn't you be lonely? Loneliness would eventually siege my castle, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think you'd welcome some other people in. And that's when we get you. Oh, no. 
You shouldn't have dropped your guard, motherfucker. Why'd you let us in? Why'd you open the portcullis? Um, all right, let's do it. Friendship a is a weakness. We can do a different one. All right, let's do a different one. This one is sitting by. Oh, fuck. I never thought it would end like this. I want a much squad. I want too much squad. Welcome to Munch Squad. It's a podcast within a podcast. McDonald. Good start, good start, good start. I know it's going to be good if my boy Ronald's in the mix. This this headline's going to take you on a journey. Things are going to seem normal, and then things are going to pivot. McDonald's introduces buttermilk crispy tenders. Art posters. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Whoa. McDonald's introduces buttermilk crispy tenders, comma, art posters. Okay, the comma is so important there because, I mean, it's still buck wild, but I thought it was it's, come get these posters of the tendos. It's still buck wild. So these tenders are seasoned and battered and breaded to perfection, and they pair pre- perfectly with nine McDonald's sauces. Uh, there, um, and here's the quote from McDonald's chef, Michael Har- Harkas, Harkas, Harkas. Our new buttermilk crispy tenders are another example of how we're giving customers the food they love. We also know they have a lot of passion for our sauces. So we created a brand new signature sauce that perfectly complements buttermilk crispy tenders with the ideal balance of sweet and tangy flavors. It might be my new favorite. Please don't tell honey mustard. Which is, of course, he the name said of his that? wife. Oh, I was going to say. Or, I mean, on the inverse, this dude fucks a big bucket of honey mustard. That's possible. <laughs> okay, so, Chef Mike is far from alone in his dipping sauce devotion. Ooh. Is this, oh, wait, wait, oh, God, so many questions. Is this like the Joni Ive of McDonald's? Is there just, today, yes, I've, there... I'm proud to, this, this, this dipping sauce is tangy, and it has a nearly invisible bezel. Uh, by the way, they don't describe this new sauce, so it's a fucking cliffhanger in the press release. Great. You just got to go and see for yourself. It's the latest addition to an already legendary McDonald's sauce lineup that's so beloved, you might even say fans are obsessed. You might ah. say that. You might say that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You, you didn't. Might. So here we are. McDonald's is celebrating the launch of Buttermilk Crispy Tenders by letting sauce fans show their appreciation <clears throat> as they would for any other pop culture phenomenon no. with limited edition, custom screen printed, gig style posters. <laughs> oh, God. So, the thing, I is this because every Rick and Morty made everybody horny about Szechuan sauce for a little bit? And then I guess. they're like, they think people care all of a sudden, except they don't have, unless it's that one. Is that what they're, te- they're trying to tease that, I think, as like the hot new thing that they're doing? I, I would also say that like, when was the last time, I mean, maybe, but like if, if I go to a fast food place and they offer like ranch and honey mustard and ketchup, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen this before, co- but this is suggesting that they're offering ranch, honey mustard, ketchup in a gig style art print, custom for, hand printed poster. Uh, this is a quote from Billy Bauman, of co-owner of the Delicious Design League, a graphic design studio and print shop. Limited edition illustrated screen printed posters have really taken off in recent years, expanding from music to TV. 
mother movies, games, and now apparently fucking McDonald's sauce. So I guess they're, those are over with now. They're a collectible way for fans to express their unique fandom. Are you fucking... What universe is this? No one cares as much about McDonald's sauce. When creating these posters, we approach them as we would any intellectual property. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Ugh. Trying to capture the feeling and defining characteristics of each sauce in one eye-popping visual. Just wet and salty. How do you get that? <laughs> it's just wet and salty. So I hear you saying you want one. And I hear you. Customers will have the chance to receive their favorite limited edition sauce poster at participating McDonald's restaurants on Saturday, October oh, 7th. No, so here's the no, thing. No. Here's the thing. There's probably never been a more important participating in the history of English language. <laughs> because if you walk into the wrong McDonald's and you say, hi, I would like a poster of Buttermilk Ranch, please. You will be escorted out. You will not be welcome at that McDonald's anymore. It's just, is can I play this off where you come into my house and you see the hot mustard poster and somebody says, what's that? And I say, oh, man, ACL Fest, the fest last year, you had to see hot mustard. I skipped Wilco to go see hot mustard because they're so good music players. Uh, there's, there's, I, Justin, you haven't talked about this. There's nine of these fucking things. Gotta catch yeah. them all. Gotta catch them all. Whoa. Yeah, I could just link to you guys. You can go to buttermilkcrispytenders.com and check out all these posters. They do have a very tasteful McDonald's logo in the bottom left-hand corner, uh, just in case there's any uh, dispute about where you got your buttermilk <laughs> uh, honey mustard uh, poster from. Uh, I'm currently checking for my closest participating McDonald's where I'm going to just wander in. None in Huntington. Great. I guess I don't get one. I'm sure the Can PO I box will be filling up with these. Because now now that I see them, it's literally all I want. The only yeah, thing I want in my entire it. life. You know what? I dig the shit out of these posters. Damn it, they're Travis. Very, they're so cool. And they have sauce names on them. I, I waited. At, sauce names on them. Spicy Buffalo looks great. I waited in line to get SNES Classic this morning. I would happily trade it away for one of these beautiful posters. Also, sub question. Is it bad form or good form after you secure one of these posters at a participating McDonald's? And by the way, you know this is a fucking Austin thing, definitely. Live music capital of the world. You know, you know that they are all over this this spot. Is it possible to get everybody who works at the McDonald's to sign it? Oh, that's a good <laughs> call. That's gonna be worth something someday. I've been watching Antiques Roadshow. I know how this shit works. Can you imagine putting one of these posters on your wall and then just shrooming so hard and staring at it until you can taste the poster? Is can taste is taste a factor? Did they put that in the ink somehow? <gasps> is that now now if we're talking about some snozberry taste like snozberry situation like yeah, I think I would actually get into these. A hot mustard poster that tastes like hot mustard, I think so. So they have vinyl stickers too and I do want those on my laptop post haste. They're so good. Uh, I've gone full 180 on this. I think this is a great promotion. I'm so There's excited about it. one that's just for honey. It makes me so happy. It's just honey. There's, it's The sauce is just honey, and I really like the poster. <laughs> These um, are so good. I'm, I still, though, even if I knew for a legal fact that it was a participating McDonald's, I still 
cannot imagine going to the counter and being like, um, can I have a poster about your tangy barbecue sauce, please? Can you, is that available? <laughs> Apparently they're free with the purchase of buttermilk crispy tenders. I mean, I hope that falls on a cheat day so I can just go for it. This morning I was walking out to my car so I can go to work and in my lawn, there was an entire bowl of Fruit Loops just sitting there. Oh my God. It had a bowl, milk, loops, middle spoon and all. It wasn't from anyone in our family, and I don't have any friends that would, for some reason, do this nearby. I'm so confused. How did it get there? Was someone walking down the sidewalk eating an entire bowl of cereal? Uh, why on the ground in my yard, of all places to leave it? Do I clean the bowl and spoon and leave them in my yard for the perpetrator to pick it back up? I'm so confused. Please help. That's from Lily in New York. Man. Wow. So many possibilities here. First one. Viral marketing for, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, man. Maybe they got Lime ones again. They got Lime. I mean, you're suggesting it's Fruit Loops. It could be for, you know, uh, Hacksaw Ridge now on Blu-ray because the guy ate Fruit Loops in that one. I haven't seen it, but that's just an example. It. Maybe it's an it thing. The kids love Fruit Loops before they're, they're hurt by the clown. Another possibility. Another option, and this is the, probably the more likely one, is it's a cloudy with a chance of meatballs or Kazam-style food miracle. Fell down mm-hmm. from the sky, and it was a very limited scope, or perhaps Very the f- specific, Griffin. Very specific, or I mean, perhaps the food miracle struck downtown, and there was a crosswind, and this one bowl of Fruity Loops did make it all the way down the street. And now that I've said that, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what we're dealing with here. It's sort of just a, just it got picked up in the, in the, in a westerly, and ended up in your lawn. I would like to posit. Uh, I would like to posit one other possibility, Griffin. Better than a child made a shack wish and then a stiff wind caught it. Absolutely not. But another possibility. And then we'll get back to shack wish. Momentum I, pinned. Yeah. Um. Do you ever set your keys down and then you did it without thinking, and then you can't remember where you put your keys? Maybe question asker. Did this themselves. <laughs> you mementoed a bowl of 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 looped cereal into your mm-hmm. yard, and didn't think about it. You were eating the cereal. You said, "Oh, I've, I left my work papers inside," and you thoughtlessly sat your cereal down in the middle of your lawn. Went back inside, grabbed the papers, came back out, and you're like, "Who put this cereal here?" But it was you. It was you, you did who it. Put the cereal there. You is it, uh, you be tempted at all to eat this bad boy or what? This is a probably no-go. probably not. This is probably no. a hard pass for me. If it's in my if it touches the lawn, it's probably a no because I've got ants. Oh, the biggest clue that you didn't include was the cereal still in a like crunchy form, right? Or had yeah. it been sitting there long enough to absorb all of the liquid? Um, one time I dropped Henry off at daycare in the morning. I came inside and I saw like a plastic lid of like a, a fountain drink cup sitting in my driveway. And I thought like, I'll get you on the flip, my dude. You're going to stay right there. And when I go to get Henry this afternoon, I'm going to get you. And when I came back, the lid wasn't there. And it was, in fact, on top of an anthill in my yard, probably about 15 feet away. And some ants, some ambitious ants came, put a little moonroof on their situation. And I respect, <laughs> the, I respect the hustle is what I did. And I think that this might have been like the biggest fucking uh, haul ever for these 
these big, powerful, and hungry ants. Can you imagine being an ant? It's like, oh, dunk. Somebody left a full bowl of Fruit Loops up on their front porch. Let's get that shit and then get it back to the, you know, the hive queen or however ants work. Nobody's quite sure. And have a bowl of Fruit Loops as an ant colony? That's awesome. Ah, I love thinking about that. There's no way that that's not what happened. It's definitely ants. Um, it's definitely ants. What hundred percent ants? Or I'm, I'm sorry, aunts. Un- unless, unless, unless you live next to maybe a lazy or cash-strapped big game hunter that really wants to kill a toucan. <laughs> And that's an easy, that's an easy con, and it's probably it's kind of against the spirit of the hunt. Mm-hmm. And you just hear like a folly from outside. You hear like folly and ass. It's like oh shit, get him, go 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 now, quick. The trap is sprung. Got you, Daniel. Is yeah, look ID- around at other look around at other yards in the neighborhood, and if you see like a bowl of frosted flakes, yeah, for and yeah. like I don't know, maybe some Honeycrisp. I think there was a bear associated with that one. So the and Griffin in this fantasy scenario. You're the reason that it's in the neighbor's yard is that they didn't want to kill an endangered bird on their own land. Is that the idea? Yes. Like maybe you, cook up you, a cockamamie story that they were like defending their neighborhood or something. The, the toucan is a vicious beast. It'll use that big, powerful beak. Take your neck right off. Bite your whole neck off. And mm-hmm. so you, and then you you'll that. have you'll be left without a neck. Now you're gonna live without your neck. Yeah, you can't turn it, your head it's real hard. And so. You do it in your own yard, and that it's obviously entrapment. You do it in a neighbor's yard, it's a, it's a good Samaritan. Yeah, I was protecting him from a toucan Daniel, but really, you just wanted that toucan Daniel to hang up on your wall. And I will say one thing that's one. You know, you know un- that's, his name is Toucan Sam, right? Is it Toucan Sam? <laughs> it's not Toucan Dan? Oh, uh, Toucan Dan was the dumb monster factory thing me and Justin made. <laughs> Damn, dude. My own IP has become so fucking rich. I can't even I can't even keep in, in track of it. Damn. <laughs> damn, Daniel. Damn, you know, Daniel. Do you guys we, remember Damn Daniel? <laughs> we, we leave out seeds for birds. We leave out big blocks of salt for deer. Why aren't we leaving anything out for stoned college kids who are just wandering <laughs> around? I think it's nice that you want some like when did, hey, honey, I love being out here on on the, the terrace. Wouldn't it be nice though if we could watch some fucking college kids just wander around and listen to Rusty Root and eat Fruit Loops out here. I want to put out. I want to put out some Fruit Loops and see if we can't get some because I think that would really complete the vista. You Wouldn't just it be great if we could look out the window and see a gaggle of Shaggies just eating all of the Fruit Loops we've left. Uh, yeah, uh, a murder of Shaggies swing by and just like nest in the tree where we've hung a bunch of fruit roll ups. Look at them. <laughs> They're beautiful. Why haven't you migrated, little fella? Oh, well, hacking. we built this. We built this special stand um, so that the squirrels can't climb up and get the hot pockets we've left. He's so cute. He stinks like shit, but I love him. <laughs> Do you think Cartoon Shaggy ever tried to get people to call him Mister Boombastic? Hmm. <laughs> Another Shaggy question. who unmasked this ogre wasn't me. It What's wasn't there? me. Was there ever an episode where that cartoon man smoked a bunch of weed? Because it was always implied, but never seen. But there was probably situations where he just 
you know, ripped one, ripped the one. The better right question, I, 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 I get what you're saying, Griffin. I think the obvious connotation is that anytime he is not directly in frame, Shaggy is smoking weed. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. anytime he's not, you're not directly looking at him, he's smoking weed. The question for me becomes, do you think Shaggy has taught Scooby-Doo to smoke weed? Because that Probably. would be my bigger question is like, they're so close. They're such friends. Shaggy would want him to share in in his uh, kind but, conj. Maybe he gets Scooby-Doo to smoke weed with him is my question. That but sounds like not, animal cruelty. Not, yeah, it's not responsible. It's irresponsible. Oh, I think. Uh, it should be noted also that Scooby-Doo has glaucoma. Oh, okay. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you have enjoyed yourself. Uh, th- uh, sorry for being away again for so long. We had a few things we wanted to talk about. Yeah, so the the first one, and this is a little more serious than we normally deal with on the show, but, um, you know, America recently has been hit by a lot of natural disasters, and especially uh, Puerto Rico has been hit and hasn't really been receiving the help that maybe some of its more mainland American uh, counterparts, thank you, um, have been receiving. So I, our friend um, and amazing person, Lin-Manuel Miranda, has been helping to lead the charge on getting some aid and getting some help for Puerto Rico. So if you would like to help out um, and make a donation, you can go to hispanicfederation.org slash donate. Um, and I would also suggest checking out Lynn's feed on Twitter to see all the stuff that they're working on to try to get some help for Puerto Rico. Um, and just do what you can. And just in general, anytime you see people needing some help, do what you can and help them out. Uh, also wanted to let everyone know that at New York Comic Con this year, we are going to be doing a panel about the Adventure Zone graphic novel. It's going to be me and dad and Carrie Peach, who is uh, the artist working on the graphic novel, and it's going to be moderated by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, so that's going to be, I think, a whole lot of fun. It's Friday morning at 10.30 at the um, Hudson Mercantile, um, 10.30 on Friday morning. So come out, check it out, and then we're going to be doing a ticketed signing afterwards. So the first 75 people who show up to the panel are going to get tickets to the signing afterwards. So come hang out with us uh, and say hi. Uh, I want to thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It's a very, very good album, and it's like one of my fall favorites. So if you haven't listened to it or any of the Long Winters music, uh, all the albums are, are very, very good, and they're going to get you in that autumnal mood. Also want to thank Maximum Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org, check out all the great podcasts there, shows like Stop Podcasting Yourself, uh, One Bad Mother, Lady to Lady, uh, the Greatest Generation, um, which is also doing a a new show about the new series uh, uh, called The Greatest Discovery. They have two, we have two Star Trek podcasts on our network. Fucking step off! Um, all great shows, all at maximumfun.org. And if you want to see the other shows and videos and stuff that we do, you can go to McElroyShows.com. Um, I want to mention real quick that Rachel and I have a new show called Wonderful, which has replaced our Bachelor uh, recap show, Rose Buddies, uh, that I've really enjoyed doing. We're only four episodes in, and it's just a podcast where we talk about stuff that we like and try to stay positive about everything. Um, so go go check out Wonderful uh, if, if, you, if you want. Um, along those same lines, I want to let everyone know that uh, my friend Tybee and I have started a new podcast called Run, 
a Doctor Who fan cast um, to replace uh, Interrobang, the show we used to do. Um, it's kind of a rewatch Doctor Who discussion news kind of thing. Um, so far, we've watched the first three of the Eccleston series, as well as the eighth Doctor Paul McGann movie. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can find it on iTunes or just by searching Run, a Doctor Who fan cast. And, uh, J- Justin, and you got anything boy, you want to plug? I'm on my grind. Just every day. You know, you know it's your boy. I'm on my grind mm-hmm. 24-8. That's me. Um, so here's a final Yahoo. It was sent in by like five different people. It was sent in by a lot of folks. Thank you. It's from another. Oh, and- oh wait. Sorry. One more thing. We do have something to plug. The Adventure Zone is going to be starting the new arc. Um, coming next oh, yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, starting this week, we're going to be doing our world building episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to uh, get on board, get on the ground floor uh, of of a new adventure, then come join us on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, October 5th, we're going to have our world building, building episode. We're going to be doing a few like mini arcs. So like little two, three episode arcs where we're all going to be taking turns uh, telling new stories and playing new games and exploring new genres. Dad has a superhero story planned out. We're going to be playing the Fate system. I'm very excited about it. We've we've uh, got our characters ready, and I'm I'm super super psyched for y'all to hear it. So yeah, this Thursday we're going to be doing like a preliminary world building episode, so you can find out what we're going to be doing and who we're going to be playing, and it's going to be really fun. Also, want to mention that we're going to be adding another My Brother, My Brother and Me show in Chicago when we're doing our Midwest tour this November. Uh, we're going to be there one day early at the Chicago Theater. That's November the 16th at the Chicago Theater. And tickets for that are going to go on pre-sale this Wednesday the 4th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, I think we'll probably be sharing the link whenever the, uh, the, the site is available, but you can find out details on the Chicago Theater's website. But in order to get tickets in the presale, you're going to have to use a special password. And that special, unhackable password is... See, that bike just drove by trying to get the password. The password is my brother, all one word. That's going to get you the presale uh, Wednesday, uh, October the 4th at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time. Um, and then they're going to be on sale for the public uh, this Friday, the 6th, at noon Central Time. Uh, but go ahead and, and get on there, uh, get the pre-sale tickets going, and keep an eye out for the link. And come see us November 16th in Chicago, and we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother, me, and so come see us. All right, great. Uh, yeah, final Yahoo. This one's sent in by a bunch of folks. Thank you, everybody who sent this one in. It's from an anonymous Yahoo Answers user who I'm going to name Michael. Asks... Who named the moon the moon? (laughs) (laughs) My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. It's been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Every week on Inside Pop, we take turns recommending something great from the world of pop culture to each other. And in the month of October, we're going big, very big, with the Big Cell 30. Every day for 30 days, we're going to suggest some type of pop culture to check out. Things that may not be on your radar, but will be well worth trying. From TV to music to movies and more, The Big Cell 30 is as irresistible as a Jedi mind trick. As convincing as an Annalise Keating closing argument. And as seductive as Miguel singing a ballad shirtless and slightly sweaty. 
Follow us on Twitter at Pop Insiders for daily big sales and listen to Inside Pop every week for big sales from some special guests. The Big Sell 30 starts October 1st and runs every day of the month on Inside Pop.